Jack and Mel Hello, today we're going to talk about Carlina's injury, we're going to talk about uh, her coach blaming her doctor, we're going to talk about Bellator Dublin, which was a little bit meh, we're going to talk about the Cejudo and Aldo fight, we're going to give a quick preview of UFC Norfolk, and we're going to answer your lovely people's questions, so please get in touch with us if you have any questions for the show at MMA Show on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA, you can support the podcast for free by just sharing it to anyone you know you think might dig the show, and if you want to give them cool hard dollars, it's patreon.com forward slash SuperAdMMA, so let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to this week's edition of Jack and Mel's Superad MMA Show. I am Jack Aaron Stoops, as always, joined by my brother, Mel Brown. Mel, how are you keeping, brother? Doing very, very well. Two varies. That's exceptionally well. Exceptionally Why well. Why so well? I'm suspicious now. I don't know. It's it's don't need a reason. Just got to be positive. Tuesday. It is Pancake Tuesday. It's a very exciting time in life. What are you giving up for Lent? Being fat. <laughs> Just for Lent, though? I'm giving up, I'm giving up body fat for... 40 days yes yeah 40 days and 40 nights and then after that gonna do take up being morbidly obese excellent I quit smoking last week good about time so I am going to uh, to keep quitting that for like I'm gonna consistently so quit smoking I quit last year for 8 months and then I stupidly when we were travelling decided you know I'm gonna have a joint when I was in Amsterdam and I was like, ah, oh, let's have a wee bit of tobacco in it. It'll be fine. It's those darn gateway drugs. No, that's it. it. But the gateway to tobacco, <laughs> ironically. Um, so, yeah, stupidly made my way back on. Um, I think you should take up chewing. Just uh, get the bucket going? Yep. Yeah, Bing. I don't know. I don't know if I... I th- can you even get chew here? You're bound to be able to. I've never seen it. That's not to say you can't, but... Well, yeah, you're not going to... No, I when I I I've used never to, seen I used it. to work in a corner shop, garage, whatever you want to call it. I'm nearly certain we sold a bag of chewing tobacco. When we worked, um, my partner and I, uh, we both worked together. When we were 16 in a place that sold tobacco, and I I didn't don't remember selling it there. That again doesn't mean no. You, there's but probably what do you call that? Nothing that matters. The to tobacconist. Else. Yeah, in Belfast. Yeah, miss. Mor- Morgan's Moran. Uh, I don't so. know. Don't know. I'm sure one you, in Belfast. Yeah, yeah, if you really wanted chewing tobacco, I'm sure we could we could make that happen. I I'm not sure I do. I think I'm good. I think it'd look it'd be a good look. Look, look cool. Now you I just have uh, to bring a bucket everywhere. I started vaping. Good. Um. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna work my way down to zero nicotine because this is what worked last time. Because I is. I started working. I started with the vape, and then you know who are really stupid. People who start vaping, Va- yeah, who never yeah, smoked. Yeah, yeah, no, like, fuck that. What are you doing? But the other problem as well is, you know me, and anyone that listens to this show knows, I'm not one of these, like, I'm quite open to people having their own yeah. rights and choices, right? But I will say this, I do agree with the government and the marketing of them, because, my God, that candy melon vape I'm smoking oh, so right you, now is delicious. I just like being around it, because it's, yeah. it's like a wee spray of... Uh, Deliciousness, deliciousness, just in the air. But I mean, and yeah, the way it's marketed is weird. There's a, uh, what was I say, an all-you-can-eat vape shop, but that's not right. No, all you can vape. <laughs> yeah, all you can vape. Um, like a refill shop. Yeah. In, uh, well, they're everywhere. Yeah, in the shopping center near near my house. But I'd like, I genuinely thought when I walked past it the first time, I was like, oh, it's a pick and mix shop for sweets because of all the 
like, it's like so marketing. so like brightly colored and yeah i can see i can see people's beef with with the marketing of it yeah it's uh, it's a horrible habit i wish i'd never started smoking i remember my dad when i when i first started it was when he told me that my parents were splitting up and i was like that was that guy i'd have had a smoke when i was drinking but i wouldn't have like when it, it wasn't a smoker i'd never had a sober one and mm. then my mate who was with me at that time smoked and i was like give me a cigarette my dad was like that's a terrible idea and i was like no it's not give me a cigarette and that was it just calm loose shakes yeah and the only reason i even stopped in the first place was for the fight for when you and i fought i was like well probably shouldn't go in automatically compromised yeah just sparking up between rounds give me the hit my cardio my cardio was already detrimental enough yeah just get that that big deep cough going that's it well anyway well before we move on from what we're giving up yeah i'm just gonna have some coffee that's okay i have some interesting shrove slash pancake tuesday slash mardi gras facts although they're not really relevant to mardi gras at all they're mainly pancake based what is mardi gras I know it's like a festival, but what is it? I can't tell you. I saw it. It's called Mardi Gras in France as well. Yeah, well, that's in in New Orleans. Like it, it's it French, means basically. Fat or Grease Tuesday. It's essentially a last day of gluttony before ah, Lent kicks okay. in. So that's you know you get it all in. So is that the point of Pancake Tuesday too? It's just to basically uh, well, stuff your face with pancakes. Well, it, Became Pancake Tuesday because it was to use up all the crappy fatty stuff you had right. in your house and you made ah, pancakes out of it. Right, okay. There you so, go. There's a fact I didn't know already. Well, you're, I'm about to hit you with some more facts. Um, how old do you think, how many years do you think we've been doing Pancake Tuesday? 100. More than a thousand? Really? Apparently so. I didn't even know pancakes were that. Well, actually, no, the Romans had some sort of weird, like, thing. It wasn't a pancake, but it's like a prototype for a pancake. A prototype pancake. Yeah, it's like... The beta version. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of, yeah. Um, In Britain, how many eggs do you think are used today? You asked me this question before the podcast, and you said, what, like a million? And I was like, yeah, maybe. I could believe that. A million. Way off. Way off. More than a million eggs? Yep. How many? 52 million. 52 million eggs? 52 million chickens. That's a lot of chicken periods. Give their lives for this. Jeez. And apparently that's 22 million more than any other day. Which means on any given day, we're going through 30 million eggs in Britain. That's crazy. That's a lot of eggs. How many eggs would an average person consume in a lifetime? Oh, good grief. So let's say 70 years at... 200 eggs a go so 10 2000 like 15,000 eggs this website estimates 7,300 that's not a lot for an entire lifetime of I know, eggs but like I it, eat a lot of eggs yeah well, this, is the, this is the average person that's but what imagine, I, that's but though, what I was thinking imagine, what's the average number of eggs human eats I don't know it's a whole different avenue but that's what I'm saying I know lots of these facts are now just seem to be egg based. Yeah, it's <laughs> just egg <laughs> facts. Just eggs. Egg Tuesday. If you, if you sat down and someone put seven thousand three hundred eggs in front of you, it'd look uh, pretty impressive that you yes. could consume that. Uh, in France, people like to make a wish before flipping their pancakes. They do this while holding a coin in their other hand. You'd think that you'd just, just seems plain stupid. Coin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, on top of that, having tried to flip many's a pancake. 
I don't think your wish is. The, does your wish only come true if you like flip the pancake successfully? Like, what happens if the handle falls off and you scald your foot with well, I think molten that's pre- pancake? I think that's pretty obvious what's happening there. Yeah, it's, you're it's not, just, that's not going to true. Um, I'll go with this as the last... Well, I don't know. Yeah, this will be the last pancake fact because we don't want to bleed that well dry. I want to save some of these in case I ever need them Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Um, on average, we consume two pancakes per person on Pancake Day, which means that we get through roughly 117 million pancakes... They're not doing it, right? No, nah, I can... You need to eat more than two pancakes yeah. on Pancake Tuesday. That's true. This would require enough milk to fill more than 93 Olympic swimming pools and almost 13 million kilos of flour. Do you know, last week, we went off on a tirade about potato bread and how the Northern Irish breakfast is the best breakfast in the world. Yep. Have we just become a food podcast? We should. Food yeah. and fights. That's a good combo. That's a, that's a great combination. We always eat when we're watching the fights as well. That's Chicken true. wings, chilies, curries, fajitas, just whatever mac the hell's and cheese. Going. Yeah, mac and cheese, yeah. Anything. Um, Actually, what yeah. is your pancake topping of choice? Cinnamon and sugar. Cinnamon and sugar? Yeah, well, yeah. now stevia because, I'm the, because I have the diabetes. That's true. Not a traditionalist? A lemon? No, funnily enough, Mel... Lemon and sugar? My, uh, my other Mel... Um, most of you who know who listen know that my girlfriend is also called Mel. Um, Melissa. <clears throat> well, that's not I'm going to be petty about it. Like I know, name, no, I know, I get that. My I name is that. actually Mel. That's true. Not after, short after for anything. Mel Gibson, which which gets you bonus points as well. To yeah. be fair, well, last night when we came back from um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, we were both really hungry, and she was like, "Oh, we'll get a couple of pancakes," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's do that," and she went proper traditional she went just lemon and sugar and i just just get the fuck out of here with that see well it goes back to when you were saying you need to be eating more than two pancakes because i kind of want a traditional one want one with maple syrup you have one with maple syrup and bacon nutella is always a good shout peanut butter is a good one too yeah I like a bit of chocolate spread and a bit of fruit, if I'm feeling particularly saucy. That is a saucy combination. Bit cut up bit strawberries. Of bit of wealth. Go on, yeah, go on all in. Well, let us know what you <laughs> what you guys want, want on your pancakes and Savory pancakes yeah. is a whole different podcast. Oh, completely. Well, you got peanut butter and bacon if you're going savoury. Are we including crepes? Because you get a kind Get of the fuck out of here with crepes. Save your pancakes wafer thing. Get the fuck out. No way. Got to be a good old thick pancake. Yeah, see, I, I like, do like a thin pancake. See, I like a crepe, but it's it's class. It's, it's, it's a different thing. It's yeah, a different ballgame. It's class, it should be classified as something different. When we were in Belgium, man, their waffles. Like, I didn't even think I liked waffles. I mean, I didn't hate them, but it was like, give me a pancake over a waffle. After having one of those bad boys, it was like, whew. I think yeah. I'm a waffle man now. I've never been to Belgium, but I had fantastic waffles in Holland. Yes. Which I suppose is yeah, yeah. close enough. Close, literally, yeah. Literally. They're right beside each yeah. other, yeah. They were fantastic. We probably should talk about some UFC. Um, the weekend's card was a mixed bag, shall we say. Um, I think the, the the Jake Matthews and Neil Meek fight was pretty chaotic. It was a lot of fun. Um, Jake Matthews came away with the win, probably the right decision. But yeah. it was one of the only interesting prelim fights that that I that I thought was. You know, of note, it was nice to see Angela Hill get another win. She's in a great run now against uh, Luma Lukabunmi. That's a tough fight. She was a hard fight. Yeah, her stand up is is gnarly. Well, she said, as far as I know, like world class Muay Thai. Yeah. 
So, so what's that? Six fights in eleven months or something now? Yeah, she's not pace. Yeah, like there isn't a big enough deal being made if, over that. If that was Cowboy Cerrone, everybody would be jizzing their pants over it. For a long time, to be fair, I was blowing that Angela Hill trumpet, and you were having none of it. I stand by my previous opinion that yes, she is active, but she is not world class. Uh. I don't. Uh, I don't really know whether I agree or disagree with that. Um, I mean, yeah, you have to look at the rankings to decide whether or not she is world class or not. And right now, where I mean, where is she even ranked right now? Um, I don't know. I'm just having a look here to see. Straw wait, where are we? That can't be right. She's not ranked. Yeah, because. I don't know. That seems crazy, though, given how active she's been. Yeah, but she is very active. But her, her record is twelve and seven. You know. Yeah, yeah, but not uh, yeah, but not recently. She's on like a six fight win streak or something, is she not? Three. Oh, okay. I thought she was on a bigger streak than that. Well, then. And before that, she lost three of four. She lost four of six. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, moving on. Seems like. I like her. I think she's a good personality. But but that's it. Well, that's it. <laughs> but, but that's it. I, I, I give her I, no, no, but like, personality. We said, we said this last week, not every fighter is going to be a world champion. No. The world needs... Uh, what was on Or the Caddyshack one. On the, so oh, everyone needs... Uh, ditch digger. Ditch the world needs ditch something. diggers. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's probably a fairly harsh indictment of Angela Hill's career. Yeah, but I mean, she is very... <laughs> She is clearly improving, and she has very, very good uh, movement. Like, her movement is really good, but, I mean, obviously, given her record, she needs to start fighting better competition before we can really gauge how good she is. But Also, 33. Yes, that's probably the biggest issue for I her think, at this I think stage. she's at the exact level, probably the best we can expect from her. Fair. Um, Brad Riddell fought Magomed Mustafaev. Beautiful. We really butcher these names. We talked about it last week, but yeah. you know what? I'm just going to commit to it. I'm just going to call him Mustafa. Mustafa. Um, you don't think he won? Not that I don't think he won. I thought it was a lot closer, and I think maybe in a different, less partisan environment, you could you could argue. I think it was the significance of the strikes that Riddell was landing. He was doing significantly more damage, and Mustafaev. But I think Must- or Mustafa, Mustafa, him, his cardio. I think I think he landed some big shots of his own, but they he just did. didn't get the same reaction. I think that. I think it was a really, really close fight. I think a sp- that's why it was a split decision. Um, and I think that's that's fair. I think that that highlights but the way the crowd was reacting and i think the commentators were were picking up on that you would have swore that it was you know a clear 30 yeah. 27 and i just don't think that was the case i don't think it was one side at all it was a great fight and brad riddell seemed to have a lot upside yeah. called out alex hernandez which i really like the idea a, that's of. that's a nice fight yeah and i, I hello went a bit nuts calling out the mauler alex the mauler it's like you don't want that smoke son no at lightweight as well <laughs> just the skeleton of alex oh, alexander i wonder Stolson. what the logic was there i think he probably just got mixed up oh trying to call out the what's what's hernando he's the great isn't yeah. he alexander the great and then he must have just slip of the tongue we shall forgive him 
Next, that was a heavyweight bout between Ben Sassoli and Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Um, this went how we both predicted it going. I think it was a round of chaos, though. It was yeah. great. I've said to you before, like de Lima looks like the starting model in creative fighter mode. Yeah, he like, really does. It's just fe- he's good though. Oh yeah, he's featureless. <laughs> His leg kicks are nasty. Yeah, he seems. What's he's, he's another one seems to have found new life moving up the heavyweight rather than cutting. Yeah, but at the end of the day, no offense to Sassoli, but it's not exactly a benchmark. So it's oh, it's hard no. to tell where or how high Delima can go. But I think after this, who did he beat last time? He did he did something similar, didn't he? Um, we talked about this on last week's episode as well, and it was someone, it was someone really random in the end because he lost to Struve. But did I'm, he? I think so. Yeah, I, but I think there was one in between. Oh, I'm vaguely remembering the Struve one now. You've said that it was Adam. Vicerec <laughs> right yeah so yeah uh, oh and uh, well he, he actually lost to um, Ovinson Prue as well no well that was a light heavy yes yeah it was but well, that's what I'm saying since he's gone up to heavyweight you know he seems to be able to beat the low end guys so maybe it's time for he's 34 but then he's a heavyweight but it's heavyweight so yeah. you get that little extra window I'm not saying throw him in with Francis and Ganu, but let's yeah, let's t- ten to fifteen. Let's yeah. get him in there somewhere. I can get on board with that. Um, next up was Karolina Kovalkiewicz uh, and Jan Junan. Um, we're not going to talk too much about the what went on in the fights. We're going to get on to that in a minute. Um, but um, yeah, there's uh, Jan Junan, very one-sided, dominant performance. Um, oh yeah, and Wh- whooped her, whooped she her bad. Did, but we'll get we'll get on to that in a moment. Uh, Jimmy Crute and Michael Alexiuk. Um, Speaking of whoopings, this was crazy. We'd both said like last week that this was a tough fight for both guys. Uh, didn't look it. No, not at all. Jimmy Crute took him down at almost at will. Chain wrestled. Uh, was doing a beautiful like uh, just leg wore him sweep. Down, like Alexiuk just couldn't. Well, he, he did an admirable job of getting back to his feet. He must have got taken down about nine times in that first round. He was taken down quite a few times. I think it was, um, it was eight times, yeah. Yeah. But he popped back up a bunch of them, and then Jimmy Crute decided, you know what, enough of that. Side control. Kimura. Stepped over. Kimura ripped that arm apart. That, that's the end of that. Beautiful. Jimmy he, Crute could be... I, yeah. He lost. Who did he lose? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Sarkinov. Yes, he tapped him. I, I just think he's got a lot of upside. He's only like twenty three. Yeah, he's young. I'm big, but he doesn't look. Uh, he, he doesn't look that big. I think but he'd he be is. deceptive. But that's big. what I mean. Um, Alexia, however, looked soft. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a middleweight. Well, potentially, yeah. He might be one of those guys who's like just a bit too big tweener yeah well that's I mean yeah another guy for arguing I can relate to that for arguing that there should be more weight classes like 195 would yeah. probably be perfect yeah, yeah. maybe for both of those guys actually possibly yeah, yeah possibly um, the main event uh, five round fight between Paul Felder and Dan Hooker this was five rounds of absolute fucking batshit insane mayhem it's one of the best fights I've seen in a long time and I have a guilty confession that uh I fell asleep and missed it. Oh, right. Well, 
let me tell you this Paul Felder certainly won that fight certainly I've, well I can't give an opinion but I've seen lots of people online arguing once again close but very close no yeah. no no one no one that's saying it's a robbery a robbery's cracked yeah you know it's it's a it was a very close fight um Felder on paper lost the fight because in the last minute Dan Hooker took him down but I thought that Hooker to be honest I I thought he defensively looked a bit shaky at times he was relying quite heavily on leg kicks which is fine but that seemed to be like his main sort of defense and it's a tough one you know was it like mm-hmm. a anytime Felder stepped in you know and Felder sort of started to get a read on but Felder Felder's See, I, an animal I saw that he pseudo retired but apparently that's went since went back on that it's a tough one because on the one hand it must be frustrating where right he doesn't now, lose it he doesn't really lose any ground with no but he very rarely gains like well he's, he's not going to i mean i think he was six and hooker was seventh going into this so i assume they're just going to swap rankings so he's still yeah. a top 10 guy on the fringe of top five but the problem is however him, his next fight will probably be a step well, I've again. heard rumors of Iaquinta, which I like. I like that too. But here's the thing: if you're Felder, you spend a lot of time away from his kids. He's quite emotional, and rightly so. Give, give, you know, that's a guy. When you talk about fighters putting their, you know, their heart and soul, they're wearing it all on their sleeve and putting it out there on the canvas, and he is that guy personified. There, he I gives. I think they all do that, though. No, I think some, but like, there's I think guys, some guys. It's just. There's some guys that it's they handle it better, or the or some people are just a bit more emotional about things, or just at that particular time in their life, their circumstances are different. It'd be hard, it's, especially nah, especially I especially considering that it was literally on the other side of the earth. I know, I get that, but I disagree because there's some guys out there just doing it for money. Well, it's still a job. Yeah, but like they're not. Put, a, yeah, but they're not putting their heart and soul into it. Like this is like I don't know. I see. I don't know about that because. People can do shitty jobs which they don't like for money. And Normally, because, because they have to. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they don't put their all into it. Because you know no, what? But money they're less is, likely to. Money is the only reason we do yeah, jobs there, a lot of the but time. But there's a, there is an exception though in that. In that, like, yes, there are people like Gegard Mousasi who oh, have I, openly said that. But I, they're the exception. No, but not even that. Like, I, I agree that Paul Felder is super passionate about it, but I just I don't think. I don't know. It's one of those like sports cliches that like you know people are like oh he works really hard for the team well court well he should be it's just different there's something about the way he fights I think is I think is literally just yeah he fights he's got a hard nose style but I also think he's probably more emotional because of a close loss uh, well know. that yeah that too but I think from Felder we've consistently seen like you know on a that that that. The way, it's just evident in some guys in the way they fight. It's I hard it's to a, describe. I just think it's a personality thing. It, I mean, absolutely, it is. But you know, it, it, I don't it, think he fights any harder than oh, other people. I don't know. He's he's grittier than than a lot of people might be. Yeah, but that's that's like a, it's like a different thing. Well, it is. Yeah, it is. But I I just I personally think that he is one of those guys. There's a couple of guys that just stand out sometimes for whatever reason, whether it is. A personality thing or they do maybe emotionally go places that other fighters don't go or if it's a stylistic thing but there's definitely guys out there who just stand out in the way they fight and and he to me is one of them um 
I, I hope he doesn't retire, but I also think... I think his know, management has said that he just got caught up in the moment. But you know what, though? Also, why not? In that, if you're... Pul- let's be real about it. Well, I think because he's still... Competitive. Well, yeah, more than, you know... Yeah, but he's, at the he's same a top, time... He's a top... You could argue fringe top five fighter on the deepest weight division. Yes, or the but, most skilled. But or, you've also got to remember... He's 34. Yeah, he's in his he's 30s. The, the broadcasting He's gig. got the broadcasting gig. He has the wife and kids at home. Every fight he's in tends to be a war. His long-term health is a jeopardy, oh, as, I, as everyone says. I, I agree, but I don't think he seems to... Like, I don't know his injuries. But he doesn't... You know, he's still very articulate. He doesn't yeah, appear yeah. to be, you know, damaged... To, no, to but that that's, no, but that's but that's yeah. Why that's hang around point. long enough yeah, to do yeah. that? Well, I think I think it's literally because of where he's placed. Has yes. Paul Felder ever been better than he is now? No, but that's the thing. So, but is he likely to be much better than he is now? Well, he, he, if, I mean, if judges had to look at it slightly different. Yeah, that, but but I don't fight, think that that fight, that fight wasn't in New Zealand. But that fight probably doesn't really tell you anything that you didn't already know about him. Where he's bec- yeah, but if he had a one like. He would have had to have fought a top five guy next. I think he still does. Mm, I think they'll give him a slight step down. I, I, I Aquinta makes sense. It does, but I, I think that for Paul Felder, and we always talk about this in the podcast about how we never like to tell fighters to retire and then follow it up by going, but they should retire. I don't think, I don't think he's one yet. of them. Yeah. But I think that there's a strong case as to why we've talked before about guys that went out the right way. GSP. But you're, but you were Michael just, you were just saying about the like. Oh, he's got a bit more, a bit different from other fighters, and that's a passion thing. So, like, yeah, if, I, it's, I know because, like, it's not always as you know. Can't some people just can't walk away from it, and especially when he's able to. Yeah, it'd be de- you know, it'd be a very different story if he had got knocked out or outclassed. Yeah, yeah, no, I you know, I he's still that. very much in the mix. I just like I, I personally don't think he really goes higher than he is. No, same. But he's in an opportunity that he can still have a crack at it, you know. So I just like the idea of guys going out, quote unquote, the right way. And but to him, kind but of to has, him, that yeah, no, no, I, I, you yeah, know, no, you're t- you're totally right. To, to him, that's not, and 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 you know, I respect that as well. But it's what I'm saying is, I don't want to see him retire, and I'm happy to watch him continue to compete because of the reasons we've listed. He can clearly compete, but I also. If he had said, I retire, I would have been like, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. You know, that, that's how I feel about it. So the Karolina Kovacevich fight was very one-sided. Yeah. Um, hard to watch. I really like Karolina. I've always been a big fan of hers. Um, the, her, the, her injuries, right? So let's break it down. Between the rounds, she came over to her corner and I remember at the time just hearing that she couldn't see. So she was like, you know, I can't see or yeah. I can't see. And then I think between the second and third round, she was saying she was seeing double or triple. Or I, but I think it was between the first because she came out, as far as I remember, for the second and they went for like the glove tap and she just missed it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So wait, right. So it looks or it sounds like a broken orbital bone. So the, she put a video up, her face all swollen. They were saying that they wouldn't let her fly. She oh the pressure. And, yeah, she yeah. might need. Well, she does need surgery, but the question is whether or not she gets it in Poland or she gets it, you know, in uh, in New Zealand. Um, 
she was also this is quite mad she was saying it's the first time in her entire career that she's not been able to say I, yeah I'm okay after a fight which is quite impressive yeah but it was really really hard to watch um, so one sided now we have criticised corners in the past by you know their lack of the worst one I remember was the Pennington one yeah, against Nunes where her corner just were like no we're just going to keep sending you out which was even though she'd said and I quote I'm done yeah. so a couple of interesting things about this that I want to get your opinion on one her coach has blamed the doctor he said when I entered the cage I did not notice that this eye did not move Carolina thought it would be a scratch and the eyesight will come back soon the doctor who came in sucked because after the fight in hospital we learned that a doctor in the cage should stop it so I want your thoughts on what he said and your thoughts on what responsibility lies with the coach. Well, your fighter also told you that she can't see. She's seeing triple. Um, She's also getting battered. Yeah. Um, I think the the biggest outrage with the corner is that they didn't throw the towel in. Yeah, between the second and third, if nothing else. Whenever they realized, okay. Because, like, what was the point? Like, she couldn't get anything off from all accounts. She couldn't see. Um, yep. it wasn't getting any better um, and eyes are one of those things you, know, you really want to avoid damage to them at all you costs need them. you do need them um, yeah I think, I think it's, it's up there with, with pretty bad cornering decisions not to, to throw the tile in I hate this idea that he's throwing it on the doctor though doctor if it's true, no, I can't really... I can't remember seeing her eye not moving. But, I mean, if she couldn't see that bad... There's three people at fault here for this. The corner, like we just said, should have thrown the towel in, should have listened. Uh, yep. Duke Rufus is a great example of that before. We always go back to that. With Pettis. Pettis, yep. Oh, if your hand's broken, well, you can't fight without your hand. I'm not sending you back out yep. there. You know, live to fight another day. Yep. Um. It doesn't, you know, in this case... Will she live to fight another day? I mean, I don't, I don't metaphorically, so. obviously. Um, so there's a lot on that. Second is the doctor who should have maybe done more thorough testing. And if the eye was that badly damaged, the doctor should have known. Should have known. Could have called it. And the third is Carolina herself. There has to be. I know fighters are too tough for their own good, and this, that, and the other. No, I agree with. But that. there has to be a you know a self. A, res- sorry, a responsibility for self-preservation. To be to fair, an, to an extent. devil's advocate on that. If she's had the doctor in and the doctor's told her she's okay. Now, I understand about that if she's seeing double, you know, that she would know. But what I'm saying is if the doctor said that's safe to fight, that, you know, the fighter to an extent is going to trust well, think- the doctor, even though they know they're seeing double. But as, as to be fair, as the coach well, said, look, I, she maybe I thought not, it was an iPod. Look, I'm not going to lie. I lost my first fight because I couldn't see out of my eye and the doctor was in and you know covering my mm. good eye and holding up fingers to see how many and I wasn't going oh no no stop it I can't see I did obviously like initially say oh I can't see but was still trying to guess when he was like holding up the fingers mm. you know like uh three or two and it was obviously wrong and that got called off so I, I get that as well like you want to keep going at all costs but yes but you, if you had a doctor tell you that you were okay to continue, you would have continued. Yeah, that's true. Which is what I'm saying is that that's, that's true. I'm not saying there's no part of her that's is true. responsible. Yeah. I yes, I get that. That's the th- I think that's the point I was making is that she's not entirely 
devoid of responsibility just no. because she ha- you know she would have had that viewpoint yeah it's a tough one all around because obviously you never want to see horrific injuries well, like primarily this. the corner and the doctor are there to protect the fighter well-being i think the corner more so here purely because he he's done the one of the most frustrating things that, that I, and I hate this they just passed the buck here yeah but he's passed the buck on to someone who cannot defend themselves because they're not part of the media they're an no. anonymous well not anonymous but you know what i mean yeah. he's not gonna be able to come out and, and counter this and on top of that we weren't there for the doctor's conversation yeah. we don't know if she's told the doctor I can see you know and, yeah. and as he looked and then because it's an orbital if he's looking at the eye and then it's an orbital boom he's not going to you know he's not going to be like yeah detached retina and he's going to look at the eye and go your eye's actually fine yeah you've a wee swelling here let the cut man deal with that yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to know, but Carolina's coach, he can fuck off if he thinks that I'm gonna buy for a split second, there's no responsibility on him. No. Can't just be like, Oh well the doctor said, the doctor said Well it's nah. part it's part of a like as a, you know, head cornerman, you know your fighter or head trainer, you should know your fighter inside out. And she obviously wasn't able to perform to the level which yep. you'd be aware of. You'd know your fighter was compromised. I just don't get the point of sending her out there to, you know, like that eye was probably bad enough with the first break but she got hit goodness numerous knows times how many more times on it and probably made it worse you yeah. know like there's further damage and it's eyesight we're playing with here you know it's not worth it no um carolina is one of my favorite uh women's mma fighters you know just from just from being around for so long and and who she's fought you know she's <laughs> Yes, she's had a bad run recently, but she's also fought against people who've been on the way up. You know, her her two losses before that were against Claudia Gadelia uh, and Joanna. You know, uh, after that, wins against uh, Judy Escabel, Felice Herrig, and then lost against Andrade, Watterson, Grasso, and Gina. And you know, it's a tough run. Um, but you know, she had wins over Rose and Randa Marcos, and you know, women that are are respected. And I think she's she's had a really really solid run uh we talked last week about how i'm nearly sure she'd said she wanted to you know have kids at some stage and stuff i don't think she needs to retire if she doesn't want to i think that she could i think this is one of the cases where yeah i don't think she can compete at the level she has been so this is what i was going to say i think they would if she's to continue there one there's going to be a huge amount of time to rehabilitate that eye yep and then secondly, you're going to have to come back. And you have to, well, I was going to say, does she still have title aspirations? That's not always the case. We were talking about earlier in the podcast, you know, fighting, it's their job. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, it's hard to say to someone, you can't work anymore or you shouldn't work anymore. Yeah. But uh, if she does have title aspirations, she'll have to be willing to like drop way down the rankings for so, her next opponent to start working her way up yeah that's what i was going to say i mean she's ranked 14th at the minute which she'll probably drop again um i reckon she'll drop out yeah but the thing is this is what i was saying about her the, the retirement side of it which is that her two choices to me are either to take a drop in in the level of competition that she's facing or or look at retirement to go and do the things that she, she talked about outside of the sport and i think that she's had such a good career that if I'm her, I'm looking back at my career and going, you know, I've beaten some great names. Well, we spoke, fought everybody. We spoke about Paul Felder earlier. Is she ever going to get any higher than she has been? No. No. 
did she did she make the most of her potential? I, I, think, I think so. so. I mean, she she fought Yuana when Yuana was I mean. killing everybody. She, she wasn't quite good enough to be a champion, but I mean, there's no shame in that. No. Um, she was most a, people aren't. But that's what I mean. She was a title challenger. I think she maximized her career, and now, even in that fight, I know the injury obviously played a huge part. I don't think overall. Oh, I don't think it would have gone any would have changed anything. I think the game has moved on. I think there's a more dynamic, athletic crop of female fighters. Um, even the way she moves, and you know, it's she'd... similar to what happened in men's MMA initially, where in the early days you had specialists, you had Mark Kerr, and well, I mean, you know, she the, she, the had, she did have the. It's not as not as uh, specialist as that, but. You know, she did have the benefit of coming to MMA. With well, good Muay Thai into, background. Yeah, with a good Muay Thai background, but well into the 2010s, like no one was really a pure specialist then. Oh, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that is that I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the evolution of the sport. Where, yeah. you know, when she joined, it was Ronda. Yeah. You know, and it was the it was a specialist, and you could you could be a specialist. Yeah. What I'm saying is the people that are coming up, like your Yans. But I think she's she's now getting so well rounded. I mean, that was purely on the feet. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. she's getting beat yeah. comfortably. Yeah, no, I'm not in, at her that. in her wheelhouse. So yeah, like her, she's been great. I hope the eye isn't too bad because that's a bad injury. That's a bad one to have. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if she wants to step away and I and, and have a family, why not now? Yeah. Well, we wish her all the best and a speedy recovery because we're both big fans. So um, good luck. So Aaron Chalmers um, back in love with MMA again after getting the monkey off his back in his first loss, swiftly to be handed his second loss at UF or Bellator, sorry, Dublin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was dog shit. The whole card was dog shit. Yeah, it really, really was. Um, Including the Liam McCourt fight, which she lost. I don't. Hmm. Second fight was was fifty fifty, and she was never going to lose the fight in a decision. But she lost the first round and the second round. I think it was a very close fight. Like, I could argue either way, but just it's hard because I mean, she's one of our own. She's mm-hmm. you know from Belfast or Northern Ireland and flying the flag because we. I mean, to be honest, we don't have a lot of fighters out of here, especially on that. I was supposed to say that global scale, but like a Bellator Dublin. Only so long you can beat the Norman Park drum for. Well, he is our best. Um, arguably could still compete at that level I think comfortably he's champion KSW you know yeah um, but yeah the the Bellator card was weak from stinky poo pipe stinky poo pipe was weak from start to finish yeah. uh, it wasn't a great I'm just, I really want Bellator to be good but it feels like we say this all the time for every step forward they take they take two back yeah and this was this was not a this was not a good card. No. They essentially absorbed Bama. Yeah. And this was a Bama card. Yeah. This well, was a, this was a regional. If they I'd rather see them put on less cards scattered around Europe and have higher quality cards than yeah. just pumping one out every two weeks in whatever part of Europe it is that they decide and it's just But they're, they're coming back to Belfast later in the year, but it doesn't fill me full of hope that we're gonna get anything no. of any great quality. No. Um, Speaking of which... Going back to Chalmers, 
I don't know how much longer they can continue to book him. That's two fights in a row. He's just got absolutely humped uh, with wrestling. Yep. Doesn't say, I'm, well, I'm sure he is getting better, but you just can't close the no, gap. You, he's competing against guys with years' experience. Yeah, now. He's, he's came to MMA, a professional MMA. I don't know what age he is. Must I assume 30. 30 or in around there. So he's got a couple of years. He's just not going to, yeah, like I said, American guys who have been wrestling since they were five, you, you're just not going to close that gap. No. Um, and I just don't know how much of a draw he really is. Except, like, I commend him for wholeheartedly committing to MMA. Oh, he has respect from me. Yeah. 100%. Um, I just don't think Bellator can continue to, to book him as a as a main attraction. No, no, definitely not. And, you know... Uh, if he wants... And if he truly does have the desire to keep doing it, um, and Bellator do, you know, cut him or release him, I don't think they will... But if they did, you know, I'd wish them all the best and yeah, and working Same. at a more appropriate level of yep. professional MMA. But yeah, it wasn't a good look, not a good look at all. No, but uh, one person coming to Bellator, well, being signed for a long time is James Haskell, um, who, for those who don't know, was he was the captain, wasn't he? English rugby no, captain. No, he. he um, was international level. Oh yeah, but rugby player, but not just elite. Like, had like eighty caps yeah, or high seventies. Yeah, it's super um, elite. He's a big boy, heavyweight. But he's different. We were talking. We were actually talking about him earlier in the day. Um, how I'll give Bellator a pass for that because, because he's an athlete. Yeah, but not just you know any athlete. Yeah, highest, know, highest highest in his high. field. Yeah, yeah. Plus, um, rugby is a good sport to come from for fighting. Yeah. Like Volkanovski is an example of a rugby player. I know that the, <laughs> he, he used, used to, to weigh two hundred and fifteen pounds, six hundred pounds, and be thirty feet tall. But the thing is, it has a lot of the things that you need for for fighting. It has, you know, an explosive nature, rough physical contact, you know, good cardio. You have to be fit, strong, durable. Well, you know, I, I really liked Haskell as a rugby player. Um, I seem to I like him as a guy. He yeah, cool. I, he's he's. Going about this the right way. Yep. Um. He's got a bit of a personality in the rugby world, which can rub people up the wrong way. I think people either love him or hate him. Um. And I was worried that there'd maybe a bit of brashness come across to MMA, but he seems to be taking it all well, and he's not. He's not making big claims about where he's going to be, and oh, I could be champion or this, that, and the other. He's just you know taking it as it comes. But um, he's six four or five, and you know a lean. 18 stone plus like yes i'm sure there's there's plenty of miles on the body from a 10 plus year international rugby career but like i that if if bellator are going to try and, and do you know the freak show fights do it with these guys you know yeah. guys with actual athletic accomplishments 100 um, percent, not reality tv careers yep um It'll be interesting to see who they match him with. I, you know, very much expect them to get a favourable matchup, and so we should. Yeah, so we should. It's his first professional. Someone fight. who's one and one. Yeah, you know, zero and one, one some, and zero, something like that. Yeah. Um, I just hope they don't go, like, when he wins, and he will. I'd imagine, unless, well, I don't well, know. we don't know. We've no idea what level he's going to be at. That's true. I mean, he's training at London Shit Fighters, and if that, apparently he's been training for or doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a couple of years. 
it's heavyweight. It's the Bellator heavyweights as well. Like athleticism should probably be enough to see you through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's definitely got that in shovels. Yeah. I but mean, he just he, needs to win a few, and then they need to book him against uh, Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. That's, that'd be that'd be great. That's though. the one. But that's the kind Although, of shit that Jack Swagger should shouldn't well theory, that's, that's like but you know him, i mean like it depends because you know the, it's the athleticism thing too you know yeah. like Jack's, i know jack swagger's also a a, a good athlete but like real jake jake hager is jake it? hager i mean i can't remember does he go by swagger i can't remember but the thing is you would have thought wwe would own that i think with the athleticism side of things two very different types of athlete yep and I know that Jack Swagger was a like a college wrestler. I think he was. Yeah, he's good. No, I think he was great. Yeah, but with Haskell, there's a a durability thing that I think will exist from rugby that we'll we'll find out if it's true yeah. or not. But I think there is a like a grit that oh, don't get me wrong. Fucking amateur wrestlers yeah, have grit galore, but it's a different kind. It's like um, it's like know, a work think, ethic grit. I think they're pretty similar, in, in fairness. In some ways, yeah. But I think that, th- but this is what I'm saying. This is why that would make such a good fight. Well, in theory, we will see. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have no idea. You know, I have faith that Haskell can make the transition. Yeah. Not not to be world champion, but well, to of be, all of all the ones recently who have transitioned from sports or pop culture your Aaron Chalmers CM Punk's don't you dare talk shit about CM Punk on this <laughs> podcast sir he certainly has the potential size athleticism and what appears to be dedication to, to and personality to, to make it work and yeah he is which is an important thing these it days it is yeah um, because if he's going to fight well, for he, Bellator it, well he is very media savvy as yes. well. Yeah. So he, I, I see they had him on the desk at uh, yeah. ironically after the Iron Chalmers fight, yeah. which was a big red flag. Yeah. Um, well, because yeah. they knew that the casual market was going to be. Oh yeah, they'll but they'll have their eyes on it. But it also highlighted just what can happen, or how badly it can go. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I think if he wins and is matched appropriately, he, he could be in the UK I mean let's be honest outside of the UK they don't know you know he's an English rugby player he's going to have very limited appeal I wouldn't expect to see him fighting in America anytime soon no um, we would hope not well it just wouldn't make much business sense no but uh, I think he could be a commodity he could do the if you the, get five fights out of him if even but he, you know like he's a guy I could see He's maybe not... Well, I don't know. He could be versed enough down the line to work, not as an analyst, but, you know... Yeah, like a John Gooden type. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he could be involved in the in the production or media side of it, you know, and he could do the... The English and European shows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, he, and he'd be a good one to have on the UK television yeah. circuit promo- yeah, yeah. promoting Bell yeah, as no, well. I, I totally, I totally agree with that completely. Um, we're going to fly through the rest of the news here and then get on to uh, the questions that you lovely folk have tweeted at us um, this week, setting the record for the most amount of questions I believe we've ever had. Ooh. Look at that. If that ain't a sign of growth, I don't know what it is. So uh, Minotauro Nogueira uh, is to, and this is in air quotes, probably, probably. retire after his trilogy I'll by think about Shogun Hua. So first of all, great fight. Yep. This is the fights that are supposed to be. <laughs> um, I said to you, if... 
if they are keen and persistent in fighting at this level, these are the matchups they should be having. Is there a way Shogun doesn't win this fight? Yeah. Really? I think, I think so, yeah. The last one was reasonably close, I think. Yeah, but how long ago was that? A couple of years. First one was like 2005. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's always uh, the Brendan Schaub story of watching him warm up to go fight Rumble Johnson so he could barely hit pads. He was that broken and slow. It's that must be a terrifying thought, being marched out to your death. Just knowing. Yeah. Well, they probably don't. I was having this conversation actually the other day with with our friend uh, Mike, and he was saying uh, about you know Liam McCourt, like if she got some wins in Bellator, I was like, yeah, if she managed to somehow string together four or five wins, she ordered prizes for all that. <laughs> Cyborg, you fun, know, fun, fun, fun. And the thing is, he was like, you know, do you think she th- would think she could win? Absolutely. And it's not. like one, no, no. I think that I think that uh, Liam McCourt would think she could. Because you would have to, otherwise you wouldn't take the fight. Yeah. That was what I was saying. I was like, it's an ego thing, but not in a bad way. Not as in, can you believe her ego? As in, if you don't think you can, you don't, shouldn't be fighting. Nah, not at all. You know, and and that, that it is a worrying thing that you know, someone like Nogueira probably thought he could beat Rumble Johnson. It's true. You oh. know, well, to be fair, ten years ago. Sad thing is, I don't think that fight's far away from being ten years ago. The Rumble fight well, ten years before that. Then let's go. Let's go twenty years. <laughs> yeah, ago. twenty years ago. Um, um, so I hope they both retire in Brazil. Yeah, legend yeah. trilogy. Hundred percent makes all the sense in the world. Like you know, I love Shogun. I'm not interested in seeing him fight people like Paul yeah. Craig again. It's sort of sad. It's sad in a way, but it's sort of he deserves a bit more. Yeah, it nearly cheapens your legacy. Like. Yeah, I get that. Because, let's be, you know, 2005 to 2013, Shogun annihilates people oh, like Paul Craig. 100%, 100%. So, uh, Francis Ngannou called out Tyson Fury, about, uh, but not about one fight. He said he was thinking about multiple boxing matches. So I hate this so much. Yeah, me too. Luke Thomas, yet again, agree, I agree, but fucking his attitude is disgusting. Posted something along the lines of, oh, I wish that like when MMA fighters called out boxers that, you know, there was just an agreement with the press where he just didn't talk about it. You know, but it's I like... I kind of get it because... I get I what abso- he's saying. I was tweeting about it. I absolutely hate this. Like, the second any big boxing fight happens or a heavyweight fight, Steve Abel tweet and Ghani will tweet. It's, in fairness, it's usually the same culprits. Yeah. They would get annihilated. I- Yes, I mean, I think that Ngannou stands about as much chance as Deontay Wilder. Yeah, it's essentially the it's same, same fight. beast. Yeah, Except the guy who's Wilder's probably got better boxing. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Maybe par wise, well, hard to say. Like, hard to say about yeah, par wise. But obviously, like, I want but to say yeah, he's probably I know what you mean. No, he has yeah, one. He has one weapon. Is what you mean? Yeah. Like they're they're both limited in the same way. But yeah, like. What Tyson Fury would do oh, to Stipe or Ngannou. It's not even funny. Yeah, it'd be embarrassing. But likewise in MMA. Yeah, you but, know. But, but the thing we is, all knew that. boxers make enough money that they, they don't have to, to do it. They don't have to grovel yeah. champions of other sports to get a big payday. That, uh, we're we're going to answer. It looks sad to me. It, yeah. it highlights. It looks baggy. Yeah. Like, Stipe is, as of this moment in time, the baddest man in the world. He shouldn't be begging someone in another sport. Please. Please, sir. Yeah, I'm going to try and goad you into a fight. Well, 
We'll talk about this in a minute at, at length anyway, because um, it was one of her questions. But I saw Luke Thomas addressing the uh, Israel Adesanya's 9-11 comments, and this is why I don't like Luke Thomas. I respect him and I agree with him a lot on most things. Yeah. But it's this kind of attitude where like he was he posted about um the Izzy nine eleven comments where he said, you know, that he would make uh, Romero crumble like the twin towers. And he said something along the lines of, you know, he's done a lot of media interviews. This is the only time he's ever had a slip of the tongue. He came out and he apologized, case closed. And it's like I agree with him, but it's like you're not the one that gets to like be like case closed. I've spoken now. Well, he's closed it. Yeah, well, he's closed it, so no one else can talk about it now. And it's that constant fucking attitude with him. It's like how large is that stick that he has up his hole? Like I don't get where it comes from. Where, where does it come from? Does he have even a lead? Because almost of the comments I see underneath him are people commenting on his attitude. Do you know, like, where does this come from? Like, who has told him that he's, like, the all-knowing one? Is this something he's decided himself? Is this something that he's being told by, like, some weird... You know, it's not like the Brandon Schaub thing, where there's, like, an army of loyal nutriders that you see, and you're like, oh, that's why he... It probably is. I don't see it, though. I'd say he's probably got some form of decent-sized fan base. It's just weird. Otherwise, he wouldn't be employed doing what he does. That no no that is it though because the, by that logic Stephen A Thomas wouldn't or Stephen A Smith wouldn't be well, there's plenty of people who'll defend Stephen A Smith to death I don't know well maybe not in the, well not in the MMA world but yeah maybe in boxing anyway Henry Cejudo and Jose Aldo set for UFC two fifty I like it I love it um mm. I don't I understand why people are annoyed yes. with it but at the same time come on well first of all it's essentially well, it's, it, it is sort of following the premise of Izzy and Romero. It's like slightly less so for a couple of reasons. One, Aldo hasn't missed weight. Mm. Uh, no, no, like in the lead up to this. No, right, yeah, okay. You know, he's also so only there's number one. He's also yeah, only one yeah, fight. In this that's division. a one hundred percent success rate, whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, like that logic. <laughs> second of all, whilst I do disagree that. I, ag- I, th- I do agree that he beat Marais, as many people thought. However, mm. I don't like the precedent that this sets. Because Dana said, oh, but, you know, he, I think he beat Marais, so we're going to look at setting that fight up. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, you can't just be like, well, we've decided that the commission don't really matter. Because that's, that's like, the, the record books say otherwise. Well, we decide who wins and loses. Yeah. Now. Well, they kind of do. However, Jose Aldo, big name. Yeah, coming off could being you know one of the top contenders at one forty five. It's the best one forty five or other. Yeah, hundred percent. But you have to factor that in. In that you have to you, obviously you can't just do. I don't like this idea that well he was second at featherweight, so he's second in bantamweight, or you yeah. know whatever. But I do think it carries some clout. So you I know, think the argument is that if you think he beat Marais, Marais was second or if third. he beat Marais, this fight would be no one would be batting an eyelid or shouldn't be. The problem is that he didn't on paper. But yeah. anyway, this is a fucking horrific matchup for Cejudo. Yeah. And I think people are sleeping on him. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how Aldo's cardio holds up over five. Um, I don't think it'll make it five. With the weight cut, but the striking advantage that Aldo has 
and like I, we've already seen we already, Cejudo lose his legs. True, we already know that Cejudo is obviously as elite a wrestler as you can be. But in the UFC or in MMA, going back all the way to WC, there's few people, if any, who have more elite takedown defense no. than Jose He's Aldo. Probably the best. Of all and he time. makes he makes wrestlers pay. Uh, Edgar asked, Chan Sung Jung tried to take him down. Asked Chad Mendes how that that takedown attempt went. Kenny Florian as well. He wasn't really a wrestler, but no, but he, he well, he he was like a. We can't really like. Yeah, he's, always, really, he's not the same as Suhudu, yeah. but he did wrestle a lot. Yeah. Um, but the big one and is, the size. I mean, you get like Suhudu is tiny. Yeah, he's coming from flyweight. Well, I, I know, he, I know, he is bantamweight now, and that's where he, you know he will be staying. But <coughs> excuse me, we were talking uh, on Twitter about this fight, um, and. Uh, there's a, a girl was saying that uh, she thinks it's a bad matchup for. I'll see if I can actually find it here because it'd be rude not to shout it out. Um, where is it? It was last night. Uh, so at needy STXR, um, we were talking about the fight and she said that um, she hates, basically hates his little face. She wants, uh, she wants uh, Sahudu to get punished um, uh, via. T, uh, yeah, so she reckons KO, TKO, or combo body shots, leg kicks, and punches, right? Which, which I think is probably the path to victory for Aldo or decision. But I think it gets iffy there the longer it goes on in that way. Um, but I was saying it's like the uh, it's like the John Jones thing, where it's like, yeah, I fucking hate his little face when he knows all this mean mugging. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like an angry toddler. But I. No, he's one hundred percent legit. Yeah, it's also hilarious because when you see him in person or like you know like beside a normal sized human, you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, I can't laugh because he would maul me. Oh yeah, um, but still, well, if you reverse engineer, how would Suhudo beat Aldo? How do you see him beating Aldo? I think he takes him down if he can, and either TKOs him or just rides him out for five rounds. No one rides Jose Aldo for five rounds. But that's, that's what you're saying. Like that's why it's I think really, yeah, it's really Aldo hard. is it's really hard to see it's really it nearly sounds ridiculous to say it's hard to see how a gold medal Olympic wrestler takes him down. I just think the size difference the size difference when they're in the cage and rehydrated is gonna be crazy. Yeah, frame wise, if nothing yeah. else. And on top of that, like you just have with Aldo it's the takedown defense and the the striking advantage is just striking so much as well. more vast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Aldo's net. Uh, no, we're gonna have a bunch of Connor fans. Thirteen seconds. Blah blah blah. Apart from that, he's never appeared chinny. No, no, he's eating shots off off everybody apart yeah, from but he's Connor. E- eating shots off fighters who were a lot bigger. And yeah, to carry more punching yeah. power. But I mean, so who does that that good and that well rounded? But Jose Aldo on the ground is no slouch. No. He's not going to tap Cejudo, though. No. no. He'll not be in a position I would, to I would, do it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's likely. But he's still a black belt under Andre Pedneris. Yeah, yeah. No, like, 100%. You know, he's, not, he's legit as fuck. Yeah, it's, it's not as simple as, well, Cejudo's got him down. No, he's just going to have his way with him. Yeah, true. You know, um, he'll be explosive. He'll initiate scrambles. All these things still favor Cejudo, but Aldo has enough 
MMA oh, everywhere. experience yeah. and especially elite level yeah, MMA yeah. experience no, 100%. That, like, he'll thrive in those positions as well I, I really love this fight it's a and great fight it's in Brazil it's the perfect fight <laughs> it's the it's other than him on paper and by the record losing to Marais this fight is one of the most exciting fights that they could have made especially with Suhudo and, and the belts being tied up and whatever and do you know what it's a smart move by Aldo. He was never going to get But Having said that, he's probably pulling his hair out now. What little hair he has. Yeah, because he's he's closer. Like, he could have got another bite with Volkanovski. Yeah. You know, he had his two runs at, at Holloway. But I think that would almost have been more damaging. Because if he'd lost... I think, he, I think he'd been a hard sell. To, to, it depends on... He'd had to have gone on... Like I think you would have needed three big wins at, at Featherweight. Yeah. I send you the the hardest done by I think Jose Aldo's ever been is that back in the day they they didn't allow him to go up and challenge for the lightweight title, which was at the time held by Frankie Edgar. And I mean, we eventually saw that fight down the line for yeah. the featherweight title and we all know how it went. <clears throat> um it was pretty one sided. That was an interim belt, wasn't it? Um yeah, yes, yeah, because yeah. that was when Connor was still sort of the champion, but never defended. Because it was at UFC 200, it was on the gold mat, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Um, it was a great fight. Just Aldo. It was a great fight. He's, he's just, he's so good, and that's what I, th- yeah. I think that people are sleeping on him because there's a lot of hype around Cejudo. Rightly so, super talented, but it's just not that easy. So... Ryan Hall said it's been difficult to find an opponent, but he wants to fight in May. Says he's been turned down by six or seven opponents. I can totally understand why. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, no upside, and you're probably getting your knee torn up. But that's exactly it. The thing is, it's if you lose, you're losing via putting yourself out for six months. But not even that. It's that Ryan Hall just looks like a regular dude. He's not heavily muscled, he doesn't look athletic. He's not good on the mic. He is, his personality is reserved and chilled. If you lose to him, people won't know how good he is and it won't look good for you. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. So, uh, last thing we'll talk about before we get into our listener questions uh, is Valentin Shevchenko and Joanne Calderwood. Uh, we will get into this close to the time because this fight's quite a way off. Um, in June, UFC 251 will have a full breakdown coming up. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know I love JoJo. You do love JoJo, but, I mean, even you you can't be giving her a chance here. No, not... Well, no... Uh, yes and no, and I give her the slimmest of chances, but it's... I mean, everyone's I mean, always got... But that's exactly it. I give her slightly above what I would give anyone else just because she's fairly tidy on the feet, but, like, it, it, it's never... It's She's it's, not going to knock her out, and she's not going to be good enough to decision her for five rounds the only thing the only thing and this is the heel Mary that I could see well not could see because I 100% predict Shevchenko winning this handily but the only way I could possibly make a small case for Juju is she's recently gotten pretty spindly off her back and like oh, but no no but this is what I'm yeah, saying I know. it's not going to happen I think but the only way would be some sort of bizarre th- scrawly thrown up emergency triangle just somehow catches but it's not going to happen. happen it's just not going to happen she's going to get knocked out you think yeah I'll be sad to see although kudos to her for being the first Scottish person to ever challenge for a UFC title 
that's quite the record yeah. considering. Oh, well, she also has the chance to be the first Scottish champion. True that. Um, just the odds aren't going to be great in that. No. It's listener questions. Yay! Thanks to all y'all lovely folk on the uh, on the Twitters um, for sending in the questions for us this week. Uh, we've loved having more interaction. It's been awesome. Really enjoyed uh, having to have a wee think about the, the questions coming up each week. So yeah. um, Lab, uh, which is at LabMMA42, tweets asking, thoughts on Izzy's 9-11 comment and his apology? Disgraceful. Both. So. Nah, I don't care. So, for those who don't know, <laughs> the comment was he was talking to Yul Romero, talking about him, and said he was going to make him crumble like the Twin Towers. Mm. Uh, Lab, thanks for the question. Possibly haven't listened to our podcast before, uh, as you would know that neither Mel nor I would be offended by this at all. We're both um, very, very in tough to offend. In fairness, though, weren't directly involved with 9 No, true, nor but I also, I also think that you can joke about anything and it's just a joke I believe that too it's probably it wasn't a a great joke no but he doesn't deserve to be I think there's lots of other ways or better or funnier I'm going to sink you like Atlantis yeah it's bad isn't it (laughs) that's what I'm saying but yeah it's a similar similar thing like there's there's better options there yeah i mean i think it was a slip of i the think tongue. yeah i think for the backlash like it was it's always going to have backlash yeah and it 9-11 will always be charged yeah and it wasn't a good enough joke to it wasn't even a joke though yeah well you know what you i mean, know, like, I know it, wasn't, what you mean. it wasn't a good yeah. um comment like, basically i think that what he said was accurate. He he does a lot of media and he just didn't mean anything by it. He did, didn't think about it. And um, I, yeah, and I, 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 I think mean, he apologised. Yeah, for I it. think you know what it pro it well not it probably is it is offensive to make light of that, but people can be offended. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The the, the thing is, being offended is one hundred percent the choice people make. Yeah, you can choose to not be offended. We have and jokes on this it's show. Okay, to be offended. Oh, one hundred percent, and but you're entitled to to be. If but you it's are. how you react to being offended yes because if you then start inciting a firefight you're just as well not even that i just don't like morality policing no it's not your outrage or offense shouldn't dictate my behavior to an extent like i get you know like i mean you know people are going to make straw man arguments of like the most ridiculous behavior but but yeah i mean last week we we joked that the troubles in Northern Ireland, which have been famously ongoing, many innocent people killed. We joked it was over potato bread, you know, like yeah. we. That's joking about our own culture, which yeah. I guess is slightly suppose, different. Yeah, to be I fair. suppose that that might be the thing. In that, like, had he been American, had he been American, yes. You well, know. had he been American, his apology would probably have been instantly accepted. Yeah. Well, uh, well, would they have even commented on it? Had he been American, I don't think he would have said it if he was American for a start, but. Yeah, he's apologised. It's... it's as trying to Max, incite Cuban-American. <laughs> as Max Holloway says. It is what it is. It is what it is. He's, he said it. It's been out there. We heard it. You either found, found it funny or you didn't. Mr. Lab, tweet at us and let us know what you think about the uh, the comment as no, and his apology. Um, I, I, I respect him apologising for it. I personally 
I think that's wouldn't. the end of it as well. It should be. It should be. But I, I wouldn't have apologised. See, for it. Uh, Paulo Costa getting all worked up. The the great white knight, the Brazilian white knight of America. Oh, I'm gonna smash you, Izzy, for talking bad about America. Dude, you're from Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, he is, but his best friends are from Usada. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. His dealer. <laughs> so yes, in, in short, neither of us have a massive problem with it, but we can both understand why it might have incited a reaction. But I think I also wouldn't have, to be honest, I wouldn't have even thought about it until I saw how many people were tweeting about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in listening to that, I'd have been like, oh. I wonder how many people who were annoyed about it find Family Guy funny. Well, you see, this is the problem as well with a lot of these sorts of comments. That's my thing. You can't pick and choose. Inconsistency with outrage. Everyone can be offended about whatever you want. I can't think of a single time in my life that someone has offended me with their belief. There's been times where I've been like, Ooh, that's a bit close. Well, no, no, there's been times in my life where I've been like, you are clearly stupid if you believe that and your your views are borderline offensive just because you're a moron. I'm not even thinking about views. I'm thinking about people trying to be funny because at the crux of this that's what he was doing he was trying to make a sound bite he was trying to say something a bit witty mm-hmm. there's never been a joke i've heard and i've heard like we have comedians over here like jimmy carr and frankie boyle and countless ones who essentially their, their whole gig is being offensive is being offensive yeah. um but there's never been one where i've been like you know what that's too far. I'm turning this off. No. Or, uh, you know, I'm done with this. I've probably been, when I was a kid, I've probably been hurt by something someone, something someone said. Mm. Because maybe it was mean or, or you know, hurtful. But I don't think I've ever been, like, offended. Where I've been no. like, oh, how dare you, dare sir. You? Like, you know, like, yeah. my sister, unfortunately, passed away when she was, she was a baby. Yeah. But like dead baby jokes are a thing, and I'm not going to yeah. be like outraged. Can't talk about it, or like diabetes jokes, which I hear all the time. Or like you know that Gary has 24 donuts. Gary ate 24 donuts. What does he have now? Diabetes. That <laughs> You're I'm not going to be like, oh my diabetes. god, like yeah. that's real to me. It, yeah, it's you know. Yeah, it's like uh, it's just a joke. Yeah, who cares? Who's it? Like, tell me this: How many people were legitimately damaged by that joke? Well, no one. Right, but their hearts and minds. I get that, and I do also understand though that there was people probably who heard that joke or heard that comment that who perhaps have, had. Yeah. You know, there was one guy tweeted saying about how, you know, and he hit the nail on the head. He's like, I was, I was there in New York when it happened. He's like, but it was just an off the cuff comment, and he's apologized. Yeah. And that is a level-headed gentleman, and fair play to him. But anyway, thank you very much for the question. Please tweet us and let us know what your thoughts are. And uh, yeah, feel free to send a question in next week. Um, Cassius Cam, uh, he's becoming a very big fan of the show, which we we always like to hear. Uh, At Cassius under slash Cam 530, he has two questions this week. One is, how about Perry versus Emil Meek? Um, Yes. Yep, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's my uh, that's guaranteed violence. My response to that, um, but his other one, which I think there's there's more uh, more to more meat in the bone, was hey fellas, what are your expectations for Barbos at featherweight? I feel if he's not too compromised from weight cut, we might see a career resurgence. Not too many dominant wrestlers at the top forty five with his skill set. I can see him wreaking havoc on a handful of those guys. I've said this to yes. you before, hundred percent, like one hundred percent. Barbosa could be champion. Yeah. Although something just tells me he won't be. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. He's that he's got that like 
it's and almost this like this a sounds point. awful because he's obviously super tough, but I don't think he's the toughest. I think even with striking, there's very few who can match him striking. But if you can front up to him, I think he can be. It's, it's maybe, the Felder. It's maybe, yeah, it's maybe harsh to say he can be mentally broken. Gaethje did it to him, although Gaethje obviously won't be at featherweight. Um, Felder did it, not to the same extent, yeah, but pressure. Don't let him get into your rhythm. Him up. Back him up. You know, it's harder. Volkanovski or someone could. It's harder could to really do that to. I know, but there's the size difference there. Yeah, but cr- but is it though? Because I mean, yes, but also it, I don't know how he's getting. What this was to say is he might have to do what Aldo did. Just drop some muscle just, mass. You know, just take his time and literally lose some mass to in order to cut down to. He was shredded at fifty five. He really was. He's hard to, Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Oh, he's getting another ten pounds off. But yeah, I mean, I can easily see him competing. Oh, is it, I think he slots instantly into top five. I think they'll give him someone around the top five. Yep. And then, depending on how he does. But then again, like uh, Cassius Cam says, um, the weight cut could hundred percent drain him. It, it could. We've it seen feasibly could. You know, like we've seen lots of people be very successful changing weight classes. We've also equally seen lots of people look like zombies. You know, so and it's especially being such a you know lean, muscled, fairly large fifty fiver. Yep, it's it's a big big ask, but I'm confident that if he can do it properly, he's he's essentially a threat to everyone immediately. Yeah, I mean, he hit the nail on the head with this question in terms of asking or pointing out the um, uh, the because Volkanovski lack the ch- of wrestlers. Yeah, Volkanovski, the champion, took Max Holloway's legs away. Good luck getting into a leg kick battle with Edson Barboza. Yeah, not gonna. You're not gonna. It's win not gonna that. work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Max Holloway, that's fun. Um, who uh, beat? That's a fun fight. It, it's it'll be someone like Brian Ortega. Well, that's just gonna say. Who do they give him first? Hmm. I mean, is it gonna be you know, Korean someone zombie? Like, that'd be great. But do you think he goes in that high? What about Yair Rodriguez? I don't think he goes in that high. Yeah, someone like Yair. Shane Burgos, Sadiq Yusuf would be a fun fight. Yeah, he's ranked at fourteen. But I think, oh, no, I yeah, think someone I think, in the top ten. Oh, I think but not def- top five. I think it's definitely top ten. I think you're looking at six or seven. And Adam Wicano. Well, he's going up, isn't he? He's going he's up going to fifty five. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Stevens, Josh Hammond. Did they fight at fifty five? Stevens and Parboza. Oh, I think you might be right. You know, they've both been around forever. It would seem strange that they wouldn't have crossed paths at some point. I think you might be right. I will have to confirm that now. But it's whether or not he makes the weight. Yeah, I think that's the big question. If he can make weight and, you know, athletically still be able to perform well, he is going to be trouble. They did not fight. Really? No. Well, there's another option. Well, a fun one too. Almost guaranteed. I would like... Yeah, I'd throw him in with Korean Zombie straight away. But I know... You know, that's perfect world booking. And they'll probably be scheduled for something else in the meantime. Yeah, true. True that. Um, so the next question we had was from Mario at Mario Liked a Game, which is a great username. 
He said, fuck it. Thoughts on Felder trying to retire from a close pubic hair of a split decision and Weidman getting his shit broke and trying to stay active. Right. We did answer the Felder question earlier on by mistake because I forgot about this (laughs) question. So I do apologize, Mario. However, um, hopefully you were listening at the start. So if not, skip back to the start of the podcast, one of the first things we talked about. So uh, the Weidman one is a good question. Um, Thoughts on that? Well, we talked about this actually at length last week, I think. A bit, yeah. Um, Weidman clearly skill set still there, physically maybe not there in terms of uh, durability. Or chin, yes, durability's not. Yes right. and no. I don't like skill set. Stand up wise, would you say Chris Weidman's up there? No, he's, but he's what capable, I mean is he's capable enough to hold his own on the feet. But what I'm saying most. is his skill set hasn't dropped off. No, I'm not saying that. No, that's that's true. But it's like how we were talking about Karolina Kulkevich earlier, and that sports just evolved. Yeah, there's just people better at the stuff they're good at. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, is durability? Yes, it has to be questioned at this point. But I said last week, if you look at the people who were knock, knocking him out. No shame, you know, in losing to those people. Um, I think this is a big, the, the Hermanson fight because Hermanson not known for being, you know, a big hitter. Yeah. Um, should tell us what we need to know. I mean, the spanner in the works is is his performance against Kelvin Gastelum, who went on to be, you know, so close to being the middleweight champion yep. and he, he tapped him you know it's if Weidman can implement his game I think if he if he went back to you know a more grapple heavy approach he seems to be you know he still seems to be great on the ground now fighting people like Jacare he's never going to close that gap yeah Hermanson is also great on the ground really good on the ground so that's I think this fight is interesting um, and will more than any other of Weidman's recent losses tell us where he is and if he can get past Hermanson which he might yeah um, that's a, I hate to say he could be right back in the mix but he will have a longer uh, road and unfortunately everyone ahead of him several of those guys have vicious knockouts of him already on the record I, I think he should have just done rock hold on him again and then sail off into the sunset yeah but he he does seem to have delusions of grandeur that's what scares me it's the way he talks about it I can still be champion I that Mm. time is gone yeah he he can still compete I think the problem with him as well is that he could be viewed as like essentially the second best middleweight champion of all time Yes. Yeah, the UFC champion anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um had just behind Anderson. Had a bunch of you know, beat Anderson twice. Had a few different who did he beat? He beat Vitor and Leoto. Mm-hmm. And at the time those and guys Gastelum. Oh no, but I mean like Oh at the time at, yeah, at the yeah, title yeah. defences. Yeah. Um so he had numerous title defences. Uh, he was you know, him and Rockhold was super competitive up until he It wasn't, yeah. He made some daft spinning wheel kick choices <laughs> and then from there he just has never got it back 
I think he's struggled with his fair deal or fair share of injuries as well. But of all the middleweight fights with sort of fringe contenders, this one sort of makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. I I worry exactly what you said about delusions of grandeur in where he can compete. Um, the fight against Hermanson, I favor Hermanson. Um, purely because I think he's awkward on the feet. I think he catches him with something. Um, but Weidman's wrestling should should be I'm, able to. I'm just to deal looking with it. right. So here's I'm just going to throw the names at you, and it's a yes or a no. Can mm-hmm. Weidman beat these people? So we'll go from the top. Is he? No. No. Whitaker? No. Costa? No. Romero? No. I've already seen it. Cannoneer? Unlikely. I think he gets slept in that yeah, as well. Yeah, same. Till? No. That's a good fight, though. Hermanson, we've just spoken yeah, about it's it. It's close, but I I think I would so, favor Hermanson. Well, Till's fifth, and so that's the top five, and the champion. And, like, I would... I would say Weidman would be a fairly heavy underdog against any of those people. Yeah. And then outside of the top five, Hermanson just spoke about Kelvin. If they fought again, like, you know, Kelvin dropped dropped him in that fight as well. You know, that could easily go either way. Yeah. Uh, Brunson. That's That's a closer fight. That's more where I want to see. Edmund. Can never pass uh, a second. Uh, too early to tell early them, to tell. but I wouldn't want to put that fight in because it could just be like Reyes again. Well, well, then you're down to ten. You know, Uriah Hall. That's a fight I'd watch. Brad Tavares. That's a fi- that's that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see. I want to see Ian so- Heinish. Yeah, yeah, again, like Shoe face. Yeah, those are the kinds of fights. Or, that- here's a spanner in the works, but this is some booking for you right here. Anderson Silva three. Considering where Weidman's career has went since, and Anderson Silva, as of last year, went three for rounds. For what reason? Three rounds with a champ. For what reason, though? It's for the same reason that Shogun you and have the Minotaur were fighting for a third have time. A quintet fight. Oh, this would be a third one. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, if Silva wins. Well, it's the same as Shogun's beat Minotaur twice. Yeah, true. You know, That's it's true. just those guys, former champions, tail, tail ends of their career, still about. So. Andrew Lennon Miller, which is at Andrew Lennon, which is L E N N O N M I three, tweets and asks, "What is the lowest skill fight the UFC could make? No weight limits, i.e., CM Punk versus Shanna Dobson or Soli versus CM Punk." Right. Well, I, I think as CM Punk is still on the roster, he has to be half of it, surely. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. I took this a different way. I was thinking of fight. Right. Okay. I was thinking of obviously if you've made it to the UFC. You're skilled mm-hmm. in some regard, yeah. right? So there's no one that's like has a zero skill of any kind, really. Closest to that's probably CM Punk, although he does have skills because he's a BJJ blue belt. And if any of one has done BJJ, that's super impressive. Just not in the grand scheme, and uh, not at that level. Yeah, I think it's it's a comparatively. That's what people forget yeah. about CM Punk. He would fuck ninety five percent of the population up. I don't know if he would. He's a BJJ blue belt and has trained oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. been in fights Sorry, and been tough. I'm not talking about general population. Yes, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I I'm thought, not I talking you meant about like people who train. No, fuck like, no, 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 no. I don't no. know how CM Punk would do on our mats. No, at, no, our well, jiu-jitsu club. No, no. I don't mean that. I mean like yeah. someone on the street. Ah, that's fair enough. Um, well, I would hope that everyone in the UFC 
Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. Not even in the UFC. I would hope any professional MMA fighter of any walk. my choice for this was a bit of an odd one. It was Hoyles Hoyles Gracie. Old school? Yeah, purely because he had all of the skill in the world. But with none of the cardio in the world. <laughs> he had the worst cardio. He had the worst cardio ever. The Joey Beltran just he beat just, the brakes yeah, off yeah. him. Uh, it was, it was like He's like, but I'm a Gracie. Around, I'm a Gracie. Yeah, <laughs> half around of hell. Um, versus Andre Sukumtath because he has skill but zero fight IQ. Zero. Do you remember he lost to Sean, Sean O'Malley, O'Malley on, when, one leg. on one leg? Is it like he didn't understand why he should maybe try and take him down? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. There's bound to be some bottom end heavyweights up there who are just yeah. dog shit. Yeah. Oh, 100% there is. I mean, big Juan Adams just got cut. Um, Juan Adams would have been a good example. Uh, In fact, give me Juan Adams and Ben Sassoli, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is the fight. That's the fight. And <laughs> that, it might actually be fun. That's a that's a pay-per-view headliner. That's a, that's a Dada versus Kimbo fight yeah. there. In terms of skill. Simultaneous heart attacks in the third. So, yeah, really tough question, though, in that regard. It was a good question. Jimmy CM Punk versus Juan Adams. I think we know how that would go. <laughs> I think, see, the thing I is, I love, I love as well that in, in Andrew's question, he was like, no weight limits. Also, apparently, no gender boundaries either. That's because he suggested <laughs> CM Punk is Shanna Dobson. Shana. Well, by that logic, do you know who's well overrated? That you could maybe, well, no, because she does have some skills as Paige. Yeah. You know I mean, she's not so mm. but then a lot of women's MMA the standard can be pretty what was the fight we watched we were we watched one not that long ago and we were like this oh, is oh, yes. terrible it's a Brazilian yes yeah uh, yeah yeah we uh, watched it a few weeks ago and we were like this, this is, is one of the worst this fights the worst thing, ever yeah. that's gonna bug me because yeah, I can't even gonna, remember what card it was yeah, on gonna, you'd literally have to go through through them yeah, we'd all. have to go through them all, but yeah, no. Um, well, thank you very much for the question, Andrew. Uh, if you've any more, fire them at us, and we'll talk about them next week. Uh, Emmanuel Encara says, "Should Carolina K be thinking about retiring uh, again?" Talked yes. about this earlier on, but yes, I I think so. I think that she's one hundred percent should be considering it. I don't think that she has to. I think that she could drop a level, like we just talked about. I'm with going Weidman. to insist that she does. Well, I can understand. I can understand the the argument for that as well. But I think the thing for Carolina is that she or Carolina, uh, she clearly has other things she wants to do. So I think that she has the. I think even just damage. This one, this could be a career ender. Eyes it are could be. eyes it could are be. funny like that. Um, then look at Josh Emmett. Same injury he had. And oh, I know, but there's no no guarantee. No guarantee. There's no law. Or, or ruling when it comes to that. Um, I just, like I said earlier in the podcast, I just think the game's moved Progressed. on, moved on by. Yeah, so we both we both feel that yeah, maybe it is time to to at least look at it. Um, and our good friend at Ewan Lavender, which is a uh, sorry, no, it's Ewan Lavender, and it's at Lavender MMA. He has two questions for us. Right, the first one: Who would you give Cruz for his return fight? Well, he's obviously going to get a title shot because apparently that's just what he does every time. Dominic Cruz? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Corey Sandhagen. Mm. 
Or a Sunsai. I was going to say a Sunsai or Jimmy Rivera, maybe. Jimmy Rivera, yeah. Jimmy Rivera's maybe a bit low. We live in a world now that it's not unfeasible that next year we could have Dominic Cruz versus Jose Aldo. I think my brain would just implode. That would be such a good fight. It would be a great fight. Well, depending how on de- how, how healthy Cruz is. I think Corey Sandhagen makes sense. Yes, it does. I feel very sorry for Corey Sandhagen. Yeah, he's sort of the odd man out at the minute. Um, you could... You know it be a great fight? I just thought about this because he was planning on doing it. Frankie Edgar was dropping. Yep. Frankie Edgar versus Dominic Cruz would I be... I think Cruz handles Edgar. I don't know. I don't think... I don't know. I think that's real close. I think... Fuck it, that's my pick. That's the fight I would I would do. I like it. I like it a lot. So I there. think I think after the timeout, throwing him in with like I the younger yeah, crop, you may as well give him that nice that legend fight. Fuck it, Uriah Faber. I'm sure will do it again. Yeah, the, fuck it. We'll just go do for a, it. A best of twenty so, series. Last night I was uh, I was talking to Lady Mel and I was saying to her that um, I was like, oh, it's great. You know, we've got a load of questions this week. Looking forward to answering them. She was like, "Oh yeah, like what questions?" So I was reading her some of the questions to to get her her uh, thoughts on it. So this is the one, and I'm sorry to tell you this, Ewan, but she she nailed this. So Ewan's second question was, "Do you think Snackajacks are missing a trick, not producing a rice cake container, a container that could store a bag but sell like hotcakes?" And she went, "What you mean, like Tupperware?" Yeah, it's kind of got you there. I was like, "That's kind of a fair point." I love Snackajacks. See, Snackajacks, although don't come at me with them savoury ones. Okay, yeah, get that out of here it's got caramel flavor or nothing yeah caramel or they sh- why do they not do cinnamon flavor i counter your question with what flavor would you like to see and snack jacks to our american listeners if you don't have them they're just like rice cakes rice cakes but they're flavored and they're delicious and they give the illusion of being healthy <laughs> yeah. because instead of sugar they use corn syrup or some balls like that i don't think corn syrup's any better than sugar no it's not but that's what yeah. that's how they get around it mm, true i haven't had a snack jack in forever do I think they're missing a trick not having a container with them? Yeah, I assume that the mm. logic behind this is because well, they're fairly sizable. So, what well, like if you had like you know, it'd be like it'd be like an old CD holder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just whip one of them out of the pocket. Do you remember when everyone had those and the the dads had them in the sun visor of the car? Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah, that was so good. My dad had a CD changer in the car. Same. Mm. Was it in the boot? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, of course, course it was. It, yeah. Of course it was. You mean you wanted to change the seat? Yeah. It was just like going to have to park the car and yeah. get out. <laughs> the thing was, I remember going to... Um, we used to do the... If you're going on holiday or like long drives, everybody got one CD. Yes, yeah, yeah, same. It's same. Unfair. But the problem with that was my brother and sister, who are not substantially younger, but four and five years younger than me, we all have very different tastes in music. Mm. So my sister had the album... Of, do you remember the cartoonies that sang oh, Witch yeah. Doctor? Yeah, my sister had the boo, fucking boo, album. Boo, yeah, boo, boo, boo. But the album, bro. My brother had the album, but he had it on cassette. That's showing age. That's wild. So wild. I'm saving it for when my brother gets married, but do you know what my brother's first ever CD was? Spice actually, Girls. No worse. Um, Actually, it wasn't a CD. It was, it was also a cassette. But his first single. Go for it. It's phenomenal. Sex Bomb. Tom Jones. That's fantastic. And he was like, geez, he must have been five or six. It's a great song. They just heard it on the radio. This yeah, week, like week five year old was like, you know what? 
I like it. I, I like think it. I'm going to be a sex bomb. Yeah, I think I'm a sex bomb. I can give it to you when you need to come along. What was your first single? First single? Uh, I never really bought singles. My first album was... Well, the first album I got was... Let me think. Someone bought me... This is so random. They were like a German techno band, or not band, DJ, uh, ATB. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. Someone got me that. I think there was like a single on it, which I liked, obviously, as a child on the radio, and someone, oh, buy that for him. But the first CDs I ever bought for myself, actually, I'll tell you a lie, the first single I ever bought was Rolling by Limp Bizkit. Oh, 2001? Yeah. And Wait. Yeah, 2000. 2000, yeah. maybe, yeah. Because I always remember going in with my granny, because I obviously couldn't buy it, being 10. And I had because the parental advisory sticker yeah. on it, and the guy behind the counter doing doing young male solid. She was like, isn't there bad language in this? And she's like, it's nothing worse than a hero on the playground. <laughs> it's like, hero. What a Not dude. all heroes wear capes. Do you blew my mind about that song? Did you know it's a dance? Yeah. It's so weird. Like, if, I was, I was, if I anyone like, else had to release what? that... No, but hold on a minute, because like, I only can, found this out a few years ago. It was like, move in, move, move out, hands, hands up, up, hands down, down, back up, back. tell oh, me yeah, what you're going to do now. It's just like a boy band song. It's but with, ridiculous. But with heavier guitars. And then when you see the video, he is, he's yeah. doing it, and you're like, what? But yeah, So and then the first albums I ever bought, I walked down to Tesco's with money I got for washing some neighbor's cars and bought Hybrid Theory. Mm-hmm. 2001. The Limp Bizkit album, uh, Chocolate, Chocolate Starfish. Starfish and Hot Dog Flavoured Water, yeah. And Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I think. Nice. So, and I just love that someone in Tesco's sold 10-year-old male those three yeah, albums. that's great. <laughs> like, I, uh, my first ever single I bought was Real Slim Shady on cassette. Nice. Um, first ever concert was Chris DeBerg. Different. Different. <laughs> so what happened there was it was one of those ones that my... My mum had got my dad tickets for Christmas. Uh, but could, he someone was like, didn't go. He's like, I'm no, no, no. He's like, Christoberg. I'm not Christoberg. Like, like they're not like one of those. You didn't buy them for me kind that's, of presents, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's not. He's that, like, take, nice. take, boy. So I went. Um, my first album, the first one I remember buying, right, was. But I'm sure I owned ones before. I know I did. I owned some forty one all color no filler, but Great I don't album. remember buying it. But the first one I remember buying was Corn the one that was blind on it, right? And it had the little girl on a swing with a shadow of a man behind her. Uh, or in front. I had the next one, the Freak well, Unleashed one. My P7 teacher took that album off me because he said that it was um, like a pedophile. Like it was like implied that the guy was a pedophile because it was like a girl in a park with a shadow of a figure. Jeez, so my my I remember took it off my you because of the artwork. Yeah, I remember. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember my dad phoning the school and they they like stood by it. What? But then on the day we were leaving <laughs> like school, back his property. On the day we were leaving school, um, we were like, yo, you know, everyone can bring in a CD, and the teacher was like, well, I'll bring in some CDs. And this didn't dawn on me until years later. He didn't bring that CD in because that would have been too obvious returning to the scene of the crime. Just had every other But he did album. bring in Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy. And it struck me later on and I was like, that guy was a meddler. Yeah, he just fancied hey, that. I think he just wanted that. Yeah. And I loved that. And a part of me was like, I love that he somehow got the school behind it. Yeah. He's like, I'm filthy pedophile. Got rid of it. <laughs> yeah, bend it just in his car. Got rid of it. Yeah. Um so yeah, snack jack containers anyway. That's how we uh, that's how we got onto this. Um 
it's a great idea except they kind of already exist and wanna, it kills me to say I this because we love you yeah but I also kind of want to do that really basic bitch podcast YouTuber thing where I'm like tell us at home what was your first album yeah absolutely <laughs> fucking right tweet at us what was your favourite album we're gonna get some bizarre like, people, people will reveal their age I've never felt as old as uh, I do when I'm on Instagram and our good friend Zach who might mm-hmm. be listening to this so if you are hello Zach hey Zach um and I see, you know, occasionally people put up what they're listening to on their Instagram stories. I don't have a frigging clue who anybody he shares is. No. No. I also, the other day he talked about, oh, JT liked this page on Facebook. And I was like, Justin Timberlake. I was about to say, what, trousers? And then it was like somebody else. And I was like, we are from totally different generations. Because JT to me is, that's Justin Timberlake. No yeah, what someone said JT. Yeah. I'm like, Justin Timberlake, obviously. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Future Sex Love Hello. Magic. Yeah. Well, even before that. <laughs> yeah. Cry Me a River, bro. That was a great tune. It is. A total, absolute banger. They, they don't, you know. Pop music's different now. It is, but I. This, is, no, this is what the podcast needs to become. Rather rant about food or just now that we're transitioning into being grumpy old oh, men. Oh, yeah. Just the things we're are just, different. Yeah, we're just going to give off about current pop culture. I don't get. Someone asked me a while back, they're like, where did your taste of music come from? I was like, I actually have no clue because I listen to predominantly 70s folk and rock like the band early Springsteen stuff then Verges into Foreigner and that sort of stuff I don't know yeah because I like all that stuff too but I don't know where I got that from because like my dad listened to Beautiful South Beautiful South The Cure which I love both of those Um, I don't know because my dad listened to Erasure and Cyndi Lauper Erasure and Cyndi Lauper now, again, That's some mix. don't hate either of them. My, my dad's taste of music was ridiculous because I inherited most of his CDs. Not inherited because he's not dead, but <laughs> I got most of his stole CDs. Most yeah, of stole, his liberated, <laughs> whatever, uh, borrowed, yeah. uh, long term. And uh, you had ZZ Top, give me back my bullets. You're like, fuck yeah. With you go, dad. Next thing, Leonard Skinner. Or no, Leonard Skinner giving back my bullets, and ZZ Top was like greatest hits. Yeah. And then it's like. Um, Hans Krishnan plays panpipe music and then it's fucking Erasure and then Cindy Lauper and Beautiful South and it's like what Shania Twain I, I don't hate Shania Twain I know you don't I don't hate Shania Twain at all it's like remotely acceptable form of pop music mm. well compared to what the, like, at least she's not mumble rapping yeah my problem with that is I hate her less than I hate Olives you hate Shania Twain less than you hate Olives yep not great, but I can at least deal with it. You know what? I'll, I'll agree to that because I was like, ah, do you, you know, if someone was like, eh, do you want to listen to Shania Twain or do you want to eat this handful of olives? I'd be like, yeah, listen to Shania Twain. If you were at a party yeah. and Shania Twain was on the background, not disgustingly, obnoxiously loud, you'd be completely unoffended. True. As were if Stormzy was on at the party, even within hearing distance, I'd be going buck daft. Buck daft. It's just your racial undertones. It's not. It's the music. I love <laughs> that's like literally the, the whitest thing you've ever said if Shania Twain was on I'd love it if Stormzy <laughs> was on I'd be going bucked off get that off <laughs> no it's not that. angry white man <laughs> it's not that it's for me turn that shit off and get Shania back I love uh, <laughs> when it comes to the rap and hip hop it's like Jurassic 5 are my, oh, my number the one first like, album oh it's, it's so, so good. good all of their stuff's so good um because Fugees. And, do you know, yeah, Fugees are great. Do you know what's great about um, uh, 
uh, Jurassic Five. They mm-hmm. uh, they they actually we were talking about joking about white music. They collaborated with arguably like the the most white music ever uh, with Dave Matthews Band. Oh, like is... every white guy loves yeah. like burr, 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 burr. um they could but they did a song uh called work it out that's what it's called and it is an epic tune i saw them in belfast supporting the darkness randomly yeah, also a... supported um i'm nearly sure the lineup was goldie looking chain do you remember them Guns oh, don't kill yeah. people. Oh, Wabbas do. Oh yeah. Uh, and then Jurassic Five, Ash. That's uh, a very strange Faithless lineup. and the Darkness. Now I might be getting these confused because there was two days that I went and they had like different, you know, acts. But yeah. it was in this. Put it this way: Jurassic Five was a bizarre one, and apparently they only played because they were doing a gig in a small place anyway mm. so their management were like oh well like you know i'm sure they can hop on the bill so they did but they had this like one of the guys in it is like at the time i remember being like that guy must be seven feet tall and 300 pounds like huge right yeah. but he had this really deep voice and he was just going bell fast but it was like you could feel the ground like, <laughs> trembling and it was like oh man they're so good i love biggie i love i think i think biggie's better than tupac I'm putting it out there. Mm, I'd listen to more Biggie. Well, that probably means you like him more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, for me, Stormzy's music—it's not his rapping; it's the music that I don't enjoy. I like hip hop. I can't say I've ever listened to a Stormzy track. <sighs> I've also got going into this thing now where, like, I just genuinely haven't listened to the radio. No, not as much as I would have had to have used to. I think there's a... Um, I've said this to you before. I think we all reach an age where you, like, peak saturation, where you just don't want any more new stuff. Yeah. And I think that's around 22. Yeah, I mean, I well, I suppose... I think, and I also think everyone just listens to the same shit they listen to when they're 16, forever. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say, is that... Because everyone goes, oh, do you remember? I can hear new music that I like yeah but it does kind of tie in the stuff that I already like oh that sounds a bit like yeah yeah x y and z having said that like I'm fortunate in that I I, I mean if you look through my 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 uh, record collection or my CD collection there really is everything from yeah. classical to yeah, both got quite to, eclectic music oh 100% tastes. yeah like everything like I'll on the one hand I'll listen to Slipknot and Disturbed and then on the other hand I'll listen to Simon and Garfunkel the boxer yeah oh, fuck that album bridge yeah. of troubled water is just so good it's one of the best vocal performances in history it's gotta be mm. just has yeah. to be and it's just how remarkably simple music was then as well like the band um even the name yeah yeah <laughs> what, what do you call that's the band, yeah, the band. Do. their story's really cool as well like how they how they came to be but I think that's enough digressing for one week. So, yeah, apologies that we couldn't get on board with your snack-a-jack container idea. I mean, if we've misunderstood it in some way, please let me know because I, I, I do feel a little bit like I'm missing something because I feel like I can put them in a Ziploc bag, I can put them in a Tupperware container. Although my I, I, I sort of stand with them a bit in the... to get them in a Tupperware container or a Ziploc bag, they're probably going to get damaged. Not in a Tupperware. Them. Yeah, but... 
because of the, they're big and they're round. If you had if you had a container which was like perfectly shaped, yeah, you could fit more. You could fit more into it. Whereas with Tupperware container, they're usually rectangular. You're gonna have to snap a bit off. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna have to yeah. break them up. So yeah, I get on board with that. I yeah. think it's uh, probably excessive <laughs> to have your own. I don't know how many snack jacks you're eating. <coughs> yeah, how many? Tell us that. Actually, tweet at us and let us know how many are you but eating. If, yeah, if you're eating enough that you're like, you know what? I need an actual better snack jack delivery system. Um, then you've got a problem. You've probably got a problem. Yeah. Intervention. Yeah. Intervention. Um, but thank you all for the questions this week. Uh, we're just going to quickly talk about UFC Norfolk. It's not a great card, so we'll just give our thoughts on a couple of the, the fights before we wrap up here. So, Luis Pena stepped in the last minute uh, to fight Alex Munoz. Um <laughs> cool cool yeah um grant dawson fighting uh Derek minner um megan anderson fighting again fighting norma dumont who's four zero and zero it's one of those weird ones where like i just think megan anderson is bang average i think that's probably correct and probably got a bit more traction because she has cool tattoos and is tall yeah, I kind of know what you mean. That, that's definitely possible. I mean, her her uh, opponent um, has not fought in the UFC yet and been fighting, I think, in, in Brazil. So it's one of those tough ones, you know, where we always say this, though, and this is our this is our top tip. Uh, we always say to bet the underdog in the new UFC show out because yeah. they're one of two things will happen. They're, they're normally really underdogs. Sh- yeah. They're either going to be really shit or surprisingly good. Yeah, and and either way. And the thing is, I mean, we've, you know, Felicia Spencer mauled Megan Anderson. Oh, shit. Has Felicia Spencer fought since Cyborg? I don't think so. Because that feels like a very long time ago. It probably wasn't. Mm. Well, next up on the card, well, for a start, Megan Anderson, I would favour in this. I have no idea. But I will bet on Norma Dumont. Yeah, because I've never seen Norma Dumont fight. No, nor I. Um, Eon Kutabala back again, um, which is always nice to see. He is fighting Magomed Ankalaev. A great fight. Yeah, it's... It's about right. It's about right, yeah. It's two guys, similar standings in the light heavyweight division. This is just a on paper. I know... People be oh, you dirty casuals, blah 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 blah. Um, I'm allowed to not be excited about a card on paper, and yeah. this one isn't particularly exciting on paper. That's not no. to say it's not going to be very good. Or they're normally ones that are. Yeah, just I think the difference as well is that you know what? See when you have to make a decision, right? Do I want to start watching the UFC at midnight on a Saturday and finish at six a.m.? Um, is Ankalev versus Kudabala worth doing that for? No. Probably not. Catch it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I feel that way about pretty much this entire card. Bar the main event. I favour Ankalev. Yeah, he should do, but Kudabala is just one of those angry spastics. He just uh murked what do you call him? Khalil Roundtree. Yeah. But it's like the like the over the top angriness at the way ends like dude chill. Yeah. Calm yourself, girl. Yeah. But <laughs> sell down, foo. <laughs> um woman featherweight come in, Felicia Spencer against Zara Fernando Santos. <sighs> Again, like exciting. 
Do you know, like nice to see Felicia Spencer back. But Is it? Yeah, I quite like Felicia Spencer. She seems cool, down to earth. You know, I don't know. I can't remember why, but I just remember being irritated by her in the build up to the cyborg fight. But that is, as I just looked up, last July. So I haven't seen her since. So it's quite some time. Well, six months. Yeah. Well, a bit more than that. But so I don't know. Um, Zara Fern just lost to Megan Anderson. So I don't know. Yeah, but MMA math says yeah, Felicia Spencer wins yeah, that. Felicia Spencer by sub. She is pretty tasty. She's pretty on the handy on the ground, yes. That's probably a fairly safe outcome there. Um, then the main event, which is a great fight, is really Benavidez is. versus Figueredo. I'm going Figueredo. I'm going Benavidez. It is very hard to pick against Benavidez. Um, he's just, he's not chinny. He, no, he's, he's durable. He's su- super athletic. Super well-rounded. Yeah, I just can't see other than a blast KO. Which is what I'm picking. Could happen. Uh, Could happen. Yeah. Figure out it was a beast. I, I wouldn't be surprised by either outcome, no. but, but we don't do wishy washy here, so I'm no. picking Benavides. Yeah, this would be an easy one to sit in the fence with. But I'm going I'm going my gut and I think figure out and I think starches him. I think it's knocks him dead. Megan, I don't know why, I've just got a just got a feeling. Megan O'Levy and Benavides are married. They are I indeed. Am pretty I would I would put a large sum of money on Megan O'Levy's hands being larger than Benavides's hands. Bigger in his head. She holds a microphone like a pint glass. I don't understand it. No, it's very odd. It's all, yeah. isn't it? See, next time, yeah, if you're listening to this, next time you're watching the UFC, pay close attention to how Megan O'Leary holds a microphone. Yeah. Once I saw Once you've it, seen it, like, you'll never unsee it. Unsee it. Now, yeah. the only thing I can think of when I see her is, what way he holding that microphone? Yeah, it's very, it's very strange. It's just unusual. Like, I wonder, it can't be did she learn it? Or is it I don't like, know if there's, yeah, if there's like a, Technical reason, or, or maybe we're the idiots, and she'll be like, oh, "Well, when you go to journalist school, the yeah. first thing they teach you is Amateurs. the way to avoid hand straight." Like, but it just looks wrong. Yeah, well, it's sort of like it's an uncomfortable way to it's hold like, your hand. Um, I also feel like difficult to do unless you have a long thumb. Oh, maybe that's why she does it. Maybe she's, high, got, a she's got like thumb. a giant thumb, like like <laughs> big, three times the size of her fingers, big nine inch thumb. I don't get why everyone really likes Megan O'Leary. I don't have anything outwardly against her. Apart I from just how she holds a microphone. Well, well, I don't even find that offensive. I just find it odd. But like, I, I don't just, know. They've, I think they've, she's hired, a bit, they've hired a few female reporters. Like Laura Sanko's the other one, isn't she? Uh, yeah, and there's another one as well. They just, I don't know. It seems like a weird gender equality shoehorning in. Yeah, get X fighters. Yeah, I just it so just it, it just doesn't seem to need to be a I don't know there's literally it doesn't seem to have a need to exist because they usually yeah. are just standing there talking in a microphone and then the camera pans away from them while the fighter's walking in. You could it's easily yeah. done with voiceover from the commentary. Hundred percent. Yeah, I just it seems like an unnecessary addition. But yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that about wraps us up for this week. So please, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you know someone who you think would like the podcast, make sure to send it their way. We've been making a really conscious effort to up the amount of content we're putting out on YouTube. Um, We've got a bunch of new subscribers thanks to that. Uh, You guys on Twitter have been doing the Lord's work, um, helping us share and get out there. So if you know someone who you think would like the podcast, get them to get in touch with us if they have any questions. 
Uh, any feedback's always welcome. Anything you want to see more of or hear more of from the show, we're always down to listen. So until next week, that's it for me. Mel, anything to add? No. <laughs> Just give us a follow. Twitter at SuperAdMMA. Facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA. Actually, I'm lying. Twitter is at SuperAdMMA Show. So it is. You're sending people the Boom. wrong way. Facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA. Instagram at Palooka Media. And search YouTube at Palooka Media. And Patreon if you want to feel... You need to extra give extra nice, get them cold hard dollars over. We we do appreciate it. I'm trying our best over here. Yeah, We're just two guys help a brother out. Absolutely, help our brothers. Help, help our brothers, brothers out. Yeah, <laughs> we really need English lessons. Help our yeah. brothers out. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Peace.